Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the retro nostalgia podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and for this entry of Standard Definition, we are wrapping up our ranking Indiana Jones in review. Joining me, as always, is the joy of EXP Cast and Crossroads, Stoy Jovich. How's it going? Eating his ice cream. He's just eating my eating my Culver's concrete mixer, man. Living the dream. He's putting creamy deliciousness in his mouth. Cookie dough pieces and brownie pieces. I remember the day when I discovered that you could like mix two ingredients, two like toppings, and not have to pay extra for it. Probably one of the best days of my life. Hmm. Somewhere around the time, like somewhere around like the day I got married too. So that kind of fits somewhere. No, it's somewhere in there. I don't. Ice cream's better. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say better. out loud where. I'm not gonna say out loud where, just in case my wife is actually listening to me right now. But <laughs> she knows. She knows how you. She knows where you sleep. She'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, also joining us is the man, the myth, the legend, Mister Matthew Keel, fr- freshly shaven, no. no facial hair. No, that's like a couple of days ago, actually. Oh my gosh, a couple I, days. There's actually still some left. There's actually still some left. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go completely clean, despite uh, the way I look on video. Um, hi, how are you? <laughs> it's, been, it's been a, a minute. Long time. I don't have. I, I know. Uh, I, I don't have any ice cream or anything. I just ate like a whole bunch of pizza. So now you're gonna get food coma, Matt, as well as. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, <laughs> or the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We're gonna do it. It's been a while since we've know. recorded, although for the listeners, it'll only be about a month. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. So, I weird so, that we took fifteen years to get to this one. Huh? I mean, at the, <laughs> so at the rate we're doing MCU, it's gonna take us about four years to do it all. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's fine. The next they stop releasing stuff today. Which... Yeah, look, we should have probably come up with a better calendar slash plan for these things, but we just kind of record when we record. We are so, all hey, you know what? We all have yeah. jobs. We all have families. We all got lives. <laughs> we all got lives. Yeah. You know? we ain't getting paid for this. At least I'm not. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you guys no, are. But... No, no, I'm not. No, I'm paying to be here. Someone's yeah. charging me to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so before we get started, uh, we have to do the thing where we thank our uh, Patreon producers. We uh, have started doing that. So I know this episode isn't coming out until May, but we're recording in April. So we are reading our March benefactors uh, tonight. Okay. So just so everybody knows... uh, just kind of like a quick housekeeping thing. We do record standard def about a month in advance because we want to be ahead mm-hmm. on episodes. Uh, that way, if anybody needs a week week off or we need to reschedule something, we have that wiggle room. So sure. I like to make our patrons aware we are recording in April. So we will be reading March's patrons. So uh, wait, where'd it go? I just had the list. Uh, do, 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 uh, there we go. Found it. I nailed it, guys. First try. 
All right. So nice. remember, if you go to patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network at the $5 tier, you can be a producer benefactor where we read your name off as a producer of this show and many others that we do here on the Boss Rush Network. We would like to thank Adriel Munger, Rebecca Jewell, and even though even though she doesn't know, my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. I can't I can't say that I'm a producer of the show. That's just rude. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying my wife produces the show. Mostly because I mean, I would argue that you could. I mean I could considering I'm not gonna read my name. I said at the beginning, it's fine. Uh plus my <laughs> wife graciously lets me do this, you know, whenever I need to at night. So she gets yeah. the shout out. So Thank you for supporting us at the $5 level. If you want your name read, you can also support us there. Or you can get the show two weeks early for just a dollar, along with After Dark and Expansion Pass. So, gentlemen, we're not here for our health. We're here to discuss the fourth and, as of right now, final Indiana Jones film. Although, Indiana Jones 5, as of this recording, just wrapped filming. Who's excited? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know what that means? That? We're gonna have to do this again. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Here we we're go gonna, again. We're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna do it the weekend it comes out. We're all gonna go see it. We're all gonna drive to each other and be like, "Hey, Indiana Jones." Probably not, but that's That'd be the dope. dream. That'd uh, be dope. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones. Holy crap! Antonio Banderas is in it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is a big cool. movie. Yeah. No. Uh, no Shia LaBeouf, though. Good. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked him in this movie. All right. We're, we're discussing <laughs> Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I know a few of us have some unpopular opinions on this movie, but that's okay. Uh, this movie sure. was released on May 20th, 2008. Directed again by Steven Spielberg. Uh, the summary is it in the height of the Cold War uh, famous archaeologist Indiana Jones, played again by Harrison Ford, uh, returns from his latest adventure, finds out his job at Marshall College is in jeopardy. He meets Mutt, played by Shia LaBeouf, a young man who wants Indy to help him find the legendary crystal skull of Ekator, and the pair set off, set out for Peru. However, deadly agent uh, Arena Spalco, played by Kate Blanchett, is searching for the powerful artifact too because the Soviets believe it can help them conquer the world. So that is the overall picture, but there is so much more to this movie, guys. So much more. So much more. Uh, this movie had a huge budget, a budget of $185 million, which I'm sure like a third of that went to Harrison Ford's <laughs> bank account himself. Uh, it actually did pretty well at the and box his medical office. bills. Didn't he get hurt? Didn't he get hurt pretty bad in this one? Yeah, he was flying a plane and he got hurt and they had to stop production. <laughs> that was it. Okay, all right. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was this and then episode seven he, uh, of Star Wars. He was also flying his plane and wrecked it again. So he got in like two plane crashes within, two, what, four years take, of this? Take a hit, man. He's Harrison Ford. Dude. I mean, that, that's pretty wants. amazing, dude. That's pretty amazing. Like, even yeah. like in Crystal Skull. He did the majority of his own stunts. Yeah. Like, pretty amazing, you know? I mean, obviously, there's some that are, like, 
Yeah, I don't believe you did that, but you know, like when it's he was still, like, like climbing the rafters in the in that opening scene when yeah, and hopping from like rafter to rafter, or even yeah. that long scene where like he jumps on that chain and drops down like twenty feet and just kicks that dude through the window. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that ain't that ain't you, Harrison Ford, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> still cool. This this movie did almost eight hundred million at the box office though, which is pretty impressive, I think, for an Indiana Jones film. Uh, yeah. At this stage, right? Because obviously, uh, the at this point we we're doing MCU in review, and at this point, none of the MCU movies have broken like six hundred million dollars at the box office. So this did better. Really? This did better than Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, which also came out that year, hmm. which is pretty big, I would say. Uh, obviously, MCU wasn't as big as it is now, but. Still, sure. Uh, also, none of this is owned by Disney at the po- at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other notable movies, Matt. I assume you have a music list <laughs> for this. Uh, uh, I don't. I've had I've had oh, so little time on. over the past. But yeah, I, I, well, actually, hang on. Fail. What, what All right, it, 2008. Run, I could pro- while, I could probably find some stuff. Give me while you're lo- ahead, while talk. you're looking for 2008. I'm gonna I'm gonna give out the other notable movies and notable games of that year. Notable movies, The Dark Knight, uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Wanted, Disney's Bolt, Twilight, Hurt Locker, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Rambo, Rent, and Madagascar 2 were some of the big movies that year. Uh, Notable games, Fallout 3, Mario Kart Wii, Grand Theft Auto 4, Gears of War 2, Little Big Planet, Dead Space, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, uh, God of War Chains of Olympus, Burnout Paradise, Mirror's Edge, Left 4 Dead, Braid, Tomb Raider Underworld, Fable 2, and Persona 4. It's a bangers right there, man. Yeah. That was a, that was a good year for games. That's some yeah. bangers, yeah. Some bangers. Left 4 Dead, I sunk a lot of time in. I, uh, a lot. Out of this list, I played a lot of Chains of Olympus. <laughs> I bought a PSP for Chains of Olympus. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think there's that red PSP with Kratos's face on the back, mm-hmm. or maybe it was silver yeah. and Kratos was red or something. No, it was red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a. Uh, I play. I put a lot of time into Fable Two. I do know that. Uh. What were you listening to in 2008 there, Matt? Oh, geez. Uh, I can tell you what I was listening to. I just, <laughs> I, I just Googled. I just Googled something. <laughs> what you, were you um, listening to, Story? Death, Death Magnetic came out, the Metallica's album. That kind of put okay. them back on the, um, put them back to the top because St. Anger came out like years before. And just like it, it landed with, bad. it landed with a dud, like a huge dud. Like we were like, we know what you're trying to do, but it's not working. Um, so Death Magnetic came out and just blew the blew the lid off and just like okay all right we know okay we get it now uh, Trivium uh, is another metal band that I listened to mm-hmm. released probably one of their best albums still to this day yeah. it's Shogun and um, do you guys know uh, Amana Marth uh, it's mm-hmm. Viking metal I do Viking yeah. metal so they came out Twilight of the Thunder God um, and that's probably one of their best albums too so that was a good I mean it was good for me it's good for metalheads. You know, 
So 2008 was actually an interesting year. Um, uh, a lot of there were a lot of groups that came back after a long time. Um, David Byrne and Brian Eno released their uh, collaboration album, Everything That Happens Will Happen Today. And that's the follow up to their, I believe, 19. I believe uh, it was the follow up to their 1984 album called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. Both are absolutely worth your time and you should listen to them. Cut Copy released their second album, which was basically an album of hit singles almost, like, or at least it could have been if they released them all as singles. It's called In Ghost Colors. Very good dance pop from Australia. No Age uh, released their second album. I believe it was called Nouns. Um, that was a pretty indie, indie noisy metal. Uh, Portishead. Uh, followed up their 90... I feel like it had been 10 years since their second album. This is their third album. It was titled Third, and it's lovely. Uh, Fleet Fox's debut full-length came out. They're one of my favorite kind of indie folk bands. They're still going today. Uh, it is called... I believe it's just called uh, Fleet Foxes. It was self-titled. Um, the debut of the, of the band Fuck Buttons... Uh, Street Horsing, which is a very good droney electronic album. <laughs> not, that, I'm not, I'm not making that up. <laughs> Corey's fuck buttons. Yes, um, the Walkman came out with their uh, one of their best albums in You and Me, um, and then one of my favorite like post hardcore bands called Fucked Up from Canada released uh, the masterful Chemistry of Common Life. Plenty of others came out, like Erica Badu released an album called New America Part One. Lindstrom released an album Where You Go, I Go Too. Little Wayne's The Carter Three came out. Lots of good yeah, music in 2008. Let's go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Music, everybody. Mm-hmm. Music. Somebody tagged me in a Twitter post that is like, well, name your five favorite albums. I'm like, <laughs> why? Can you, you name five albums? I, probably not. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and to just limit it to five, like it's like I almost feel like I would have to like have five albums from all different subgenres instead of just labeling five from one genre. Like it's just I don't know. It's, it's I, hard. It was uh, I think it was I think it was Mark Carabin from uh, Secret Friends. <laughs> I was like, Mark, I love you, but I'm not the music <laughs> guy. You should not attack me in this post. <laughs> Uh, Corey is is the is the video store clerk in the movie Clerks who goes. Can you recommend something? I don't watch movies. That's <laughs> fair. I've never seen that movie, but I believe. Have you, you. heard anybody talk about movies? <laughs> I find it best to stay out of other people's affairs. <laughs> uh, well, we're not here to make fun of my uh, lack of music interests. We are. Uh, we're here to talk about Kenny McCrystal Skull. Overall thoughts on this film. Uh, Matt, I'm going your way first because I'm thoroughly interested because I I remember liking it when it came out. I watched it one time after, but it, it's been years since I've seen mm-hmm. this film. Probably longer than I actually realized uh, <laughs> that I've seen it. But watching it again recently, uh, I have... I have new and re-emerging thoughts, uh, but what do you, what do you think of this? 
So I, I I think this is probably the first time I've seen this since it came out. Like so, I, I did see it in the theater in two thousand eight, um, and it kind of made me think about like the life I've had in the last for almost fourteen years. At this yeah. point, like I can't believe it's uh, been fourteen years. First, of yeah, all. like like I would at that point I was married for only a year to my first wife. <laughs> I hadn't even considered going back to school yet. And I, uh, I, I was not, not like so much has happened since then. I went to school, got a career, got divorced, got remarried. Um, and you know, I've watched friends come and go. Uh, one of, uh, one of the people, one of my best friends, uh, Jason, he and I, I believe, this was before he moved to, well, he had a brief stint in London and then moved to L.A. He and I saw this, I believe, together. And, like, now he's married with a child and he's about to graduate nursing school. Like, so much has happened since this movie came out. Yeah. Um, and I'll be, I'll be 100% honest, uh, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Like I actually, I actually found myself not. I found I found myself kind of turning off my brain and just letting things happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I did that for more movies, I'd probably be less of a dick about movies. Uh, but also. Like anytime Shia LaBeouf is on screen, I'm just not happy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't like looking at him at all. Uh, but uh, but no, this this movie is is really fun, and you know, despite some of the things, some of the topics that come up in the movie, I found it uh, just a popcorn eating good time. Yeah, this movie so. kind of feels especially relevant today for some reason. <laughs> Uh, kind of a mm, kind of way, you know, like a, mm, mm, mm. Uh, story. What about you? I know we kind of talked before we started recording about your feelings on this movie. Yeah, like, and and I mentioned it before how they, you know, I, I think I mentioned it before how I loved Marion. She was one of my favorite characters in the whole series mm-hmm. of movies because she. You know, she's strongly independent and, you know, kind of a badass. And she was kind of taken down a few pegs in in this one kind of being more of a damsel in distress. But I kind of, you know, looked through a different lens when I watched it a second time. And I was like, OK, maybe maybe I was a little bit too, you know, I, I guess over I over exaggerated it. You know, she had her moments in the movie where she was. Um, but uh a lot of times I felt like her presence in the movie was like to just take down Indiana Jones a peg or two, like mm-hmm. all the time. At the very least, they had like a really good dynamic in Raiders of the Lost Ark where they were just like two arrogant people like going back to back to each other. But like in this one, I always felt like every time she went at Indiana Jones, he was always like, well, you know, well, you know, like he was like, he had no like kind of like quirky little quips to kind of go at her for like he was defending himself doing his thing but he he seemed more like kind of like a bumbling idiot you know more so in this movie but like when he was in scenes by himself certified badass especially at his age Mm. of just like we talked about before recording like this man did his own stunts like for the most part of the movie Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. he's still able to kind of do a lot of these scenes. But, um, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> I knew what they were going for with the story. And I knew, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I suppose we can get to it when we talk about kind of the specifics of the story. But I, I lost a lot of, of, the, of the groundedness from the original trilogy. And I think the time, the time space between the last movie and this movie, like 15 years or something like that. You know, cinema has come such a long way where now we make movies completely differently now as opposed to, you know, how we used to make them in the you know 80s and 90s. So there was such a time shift. And I know like Steven Spielberg, like wanted to make it as authentic as possible. And I think even to the point where um, I think he wanted his film crew to like study the original trilogy with a fine tooth comb to make sure that he nails they, they would nail every scene just right mm -hmm. so that there was no change yeah you know to to people like us who who have grown up watching the original trilogy you know but i still i i don't think they nailed that i i think really just cinema has like come too far to the point where it's like you know we mm -hmm. lost a lot of that magic that the original trilogy had yeah I mean, to to what you said, I feel like there were a lot of scenes that actually did do it, but then there were scenes like the jungle car scene chase, or car scene chase, right? Or you know that uh, Shia LaBeouf fencing or swinging from the <laughs> from the vines just didn't do it, right? Just or didn't. even like that that like nuclear, I mean the nuclear test site thing, like that's just that was just mind boggling, like to me, like why why put that in there? And, you know, just like, you know, the whole little clip of like, oh, he's in a lead fridge. That's going to protect them. Like, OK, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's I mean, no more ridiculous. That's no more ridiculous. Science very thin. Very thin. That. Yeah. But yeah. that's no more um, ridiculous than them f jumping out of an airplane in a raft and. Yeah. But the first <laughs> thing he does, the first thing he does when he gets out of the fridge, what does he do? He walks toward the mushroom cloud. Yeah, this man should have died from radiation poisoning. Exactly, he's walking he's out of that the, fridge. He's and in the, the blast thing, radius. Like that's first thing he does. I, I, well, side of the fridge, walks toward the mushroom cloud, and he's like, "Wow, look at that!" Like nothing uh, in your head is like, "I probably should keep running." <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he was able to run in a straight line, because you saw how that fridge was tumbling, man, that dude should have like <laughs> oh, sure. cracked his vertebrae like all yeah. of it down. Yeah. He he had he has maybe three spinous processes that are intact in his body after that fall not yeah, to right. mention not to mention you know shoulders are probably out of socket yeah. yep neck has been just his yeah. i mean his knees have to be somewhat checked but to your point Corey, obviously <laughs> this man dropped out of a moving plane dropped like probably hundreds and hundreds of feet down to a mountainside just on a raft. With two other people <laughs> two other people <laughs> that this Which man goes should over have a waterfall yeah this man should have ten broken pelvises. Yes. So. Uh, Indiana Jones is the original bionic man, but it's all from <laughs> medical stuff, not from technological advances. Right, right, yeah. So that's what that's what would really take me out of it because th there are great moments in there where there's really good, grounded, realistic, you know, scenes of like Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones when he's investigating, you know, you know, charts and ruins and stuff like that. But then you got these fantastical elements that are just like way out left field. And I'm just like, it, it takes, it took me out, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a few scenes in this movie where I was like, it took me out of it. But like the scenes that were like Indiana Jones were really good for me. Yeah. I think right, mm-hmm. like I think, uh, and we'll get into the specifics later. But I think like the the things that didn't do it for me were Shia LaBeouf swinging from vines in the in the jungle right that i was, had a problem with shia labeouf in general that was just like what are you what are you even doing here okay whoa yeah. monkeys i'm gonna swing like the monkeys that's hmm, no uh i mean just for the fact that his name is mutt and you know we get the mutt. end of the yeah the, we named the dog indiana so we're naming the grandchild mutt now <laughs> i mean i i didn't have as big of a problem with Shia LaBeouf as you guys did I think I I actually like really liked him and at least the first half of this movie I really liked him actually uh like when he pulls up on the motorcycle on the train platform which first of all how'd you get a train how'd you get a motorcycle on the train platform first of all Uh, but there were so many of those like scene breaking (laughs) scenes where like how is there how is there an entire Soviet army on a military on a United States military installation in the first place how the hell does that happen (laughs) Uh, I uh, I liked him in that, uh, or I I thought that was a weird scene, but like I I liked him. I wanted like how how did Indiana Jones get off the train while it was moving? Right? Did he stop the train or did he just jump off? Like where was that scene at? Uh, I didn't care for the ending, which Matt, I know you and I have talked about this several times. Of like mm-hmm. the end of that movie is just like a. CG fuck fest of like, you know, it just the CG. Forget how it's made. What they say is just fucking asshole-ish, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and I actually didn't really buy Kate Blanchett as the villain. Really. Oh no, she she's a great actress, but that accent was god awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And as someone who is around people who speak Russian frequently, it's like. Mm-hmm. I have kind of picked on up on like what it's supposed to sound like and what bad American Russian sounds like. And it's like, she's not very good. Uh, and her wig is terrible. Yeah. It's just the fakest looking hair I've well, ever I think, seen. I, I think with a lot of, um, see the problem. Well, I shouldn't really say the problem. One thing that this movie does a lot, it's it relies on, Pointing, it relies on references way too much. Like the the Shia LaBeouf swaying through the trees with the monkeys. That's like that's Douglas Fairbanks. That's that's um, the guy from Cyrano de Bergerac or whatever. I forget his name. De Bergerac. Yeah, uh, him. Um, that is you know Errol Flynn from the silent film era. Kate Blanchett is Louise Brooks. Like they're they're just they're just playing up references throughout and uh none of it it's just there to sort of like hey we've watched movies before that's or at least that's what it feels like rather than actually sort of servicing Mm -hmm. like the the cool thing about indiana jones is you can kind of point to where to where it comes from without it being from novels specifically Mm -hmm. or 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 other films uh, and this is like the, the most. We're just going to reference a whole bunch of other things. It's the most Quentin Tarantino thing that has ever really come out of this movie or out, out of this franchise, and it is kind of off-putting. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I I I kind of agree on all points. Yeah. 
I mean, to be fair, I didn't mind that like the Soviets were the villains. It actually didn't bother me as much as like. On, it, it made sense for the time period. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It, it definitely like okay, this feels like a natural progression from the Nazis, right? From the original trilogy, right? This obviously the Soviets in the fifties and sixties are like the bad guys or whatever. But like her, her being the villain just did not did not buy it at all. Uh but overall, I do really enjoy this movie i i had so much fun watching this movie last night i thought like i thought i was gonna put it on and like you know pick up some things that we could talk about today and like you know i might fall asleep while i watch this on the couch or something i don't know maybe not but i felt invested the entire movie and stayed up for the entire movie and i was invested and happy and excited so Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the characters in this in this movie. Obviously, Harrison Ford reprises his role as Indiana Jones. I thought he was pretty spot on, like just falling right back into this character. Right, I think mm-hmm. I I have always been of the opinion of like, oh yeah, you could probably plug someone in someone else in an Indiana Jones and it be just just as good or you know what i think i think i might have to retract that statement a little bit uh not like entirely because i think if you find someone who has the right personality and the right mannerisms and and way they can deliver quips and stuff it could work but it's got to be someone very specific to the point where like you know if they made indiana jones six or whatever and it didn't have harrison ford in it uh, and it didn't pan out it would be really just you know maybe you should just retire indiana jones at this point uh but i i loved harrison ford like, i i like old grumpy harrison ford playing indiana jones mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah i think um I, I know we talked about this before that you know you don't need to keep pushing you know pushing making these movies like at least in my opinion if they'd have stopped at Last Crusade, I'd have been fine with it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and on a high note and going off, riding off into the sunset. And, you know, if, if you want to tell other stories within that universe or even attempting a reboot, uh-huh. you know, that's kind of I mean, that that uh, that kind of stuff really divides the fan base. But, you know, I mean, you, you could uh, there's other so many stories you could tell within that universe that, you know, or even like I think we talked about bringing back young Indiana Jones mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things like they could have ended it, but with him being so iconic and Harrison Ford still being able to do this uh-huh. even in his seventies. And I, yeah, I, I saw a picture of him on the set of Indiana Jones five and I was like, wow, he's <laughs> kind of still looks good in the fedora and the leather jacket, you know? And yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I'm, I mean, part of me is like, Hopeful anticipation, but kind of reserved a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, he still looks like Indiana Jones in this movie. Like, yeah, he really does. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he'll, I think he's probably always going to. Yeah. At mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, I mean, like you said, I'm looking at the pictures on set of Indiana Jones 5 right now, and he, like, Sure, he looks older and like you know whatever, but he's totally still Indiana Jones, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, – I wonder how much running around and stuff he's going to be doing, but he definitely still – I mean, iconic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe if you decide to do another movie, you should just uh, hold off for a decade or two or something. I mean, I think I think they ha- they either have to from this point on they either have to if if and when Indy Five comes out, uh, they have to hand this off to somebody else, mm-hmm. or they have to really incline that this is the last one, or they just have to stop. Yeah, like. Like they just have to stop. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, we can talk about this at the end of the show. I just, I wonder how they're gonna do that. I, I want to know. Like, it's, it's gonna be a topic at the end of the episode, kind of just to wrap up the ranking of like, what do we want from Indiana Jones Five and Beyond? But like, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's a discussion worth having. At least, you know, obviously Indiana Jones isn't as big as something like Star Wars or Marvel at this point, or even star trek and whatever whatever else is popular these days right but like it's still on a level where like people are going to get mad if you recast harrison ford in this role oh yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um, and i i almost say at that point don't even just retire it that's it yeah yeah it it's a weird franchise where it's kind of like right in the middle of like yeah if we did one it would probably make us money uh but it's. I don't think. It, I don't think it's a small enough franchise to just straight up retire, especially for Disney, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. they. I know they invested in Lucasfilm for Star Wars, but this is a franchise that they own and will probably want to continue at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, any 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 other words about Harrison Ford as as Indiana Jones in this movie? Um, like I said before, uh, what 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 always bugged me about his role is his bouncing back and forth between character roles of just like in one scene, he's the confidence, you know, archeologist adventurer that we've come to know. But then like the next scene, he's like a bumbling doofus, mm-hmm. you know? And then the next scene, he's like kind of like a slapstick comedian. And like, I, I felt like they wrote that they wrote those multiple. I mean, I, I don't want to say multiple personalities, but like, multiple character traits mm-hmm. you know they, they I, I felt they wrote those in a little bit better in the first three movies but in this one it's almost like so disjointed that it's kind of like you know it would take me back a bit like oh okay all right he just suddenly changed like the scene in particular where like you know they're going they're sinking through the sand pits and all of a sudden marion decides this is a good time to tell you that mud is your son yeah. you know and all of a sudden like he's he goes from like you know a scared like oh my god like we're about to die like hey just stay you know keep your arms up whatever and all of a sudden she's like oh hey henry's your son and then all of a sudden he turns to like you know arguing with her like yeah. what <laughs> like why did you make him finish school <laughs> yeah why did you make him finish school yeah even though like two seconds earlier he was like ah some people aren't cut off for school like yeah. it's just i don't know yeah he uh, he just becomes like he cares you know <laughs> at that point well i i mean you we could I think that's actually smarter than it is at face value because, like, let's let's talk about how we're talking right now. We're talking through the internet. Um, on the internet, when you want to say some bullshit anonymously, you don't care who's receiving it. You you don't you don't give a shit. 
But when you realize that you might be talking about your family or your friends, or you might be talking to, let's say, your boss anonymously, and then they find out it's you, all of a sudden you really care how you're perceived at that point. Um, and I mean, it, it, I think they really start hammering home the like, you know, being a parent changes you. Yeah. Selectively. I mean, let, let's, I, I don't, I, I actually don't know if you have kids story. Do you? No, I don't know. But like, like I'm not going to say Corey is a 180 difference mm-hmm. between, uh, between now and Riley and Ryan's birth. Uh, but he was definitely, a, he was definitely a different dude. Then. <laughs> like it, it was definitely, it was definitely different podcasting with him pre-child than it was post-child. But that's because, you know, major life events somewhat changing, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah I mean, when, when kids are introduced, it definitely makes you think, like think about things differently. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, it's just, it's part of life. I think it's just part of realizing where your responsibilities should lie. And, you know, I mean, I still think I probably struggle with that in some aspects of life, but also like it, it makes you just think about things differently. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in that instant, you know, he went from not caring, you know, him being a, a kind of like a loner to all, all of a sudden having a kid that, you know, and that probably flipped a switch in his brain. Right. And right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought there were some things they could have done better with that, but overall I feel like he was most of the time right back into the, you know, he was, he's like a, he's scrappy, which kind of comes with the clumsiness. I feel like, and him being Mm -hmm. older, I feel like kind of plays into the clumsiness of being <laughs> being older and trying to still be scrappy like he was in the early movies, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know if it came it came off that way or not, but I, that's something I kind of thought about while I was watching it. But um, I do agree with you in in some aspects, Toy, where like it just some of the stuff just didn't hit right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh. So. We're going to move on to the next character, Mac, who was introduced in that uh, kind of that first scene at the military base, played by Ray Winstone. Who, yeah. Uh, Mac is kind of a <laughs> – he's just kind of like this wild card character that's – I don't know. I kind of liked him. You know, he's kind of – obviously, he was uh, kind of turned on Indy in that opening scene and – then he tried to play it off like he didn't really do it, but then he ended up really doing it and uh, cost him at the end. But I, I kind of like this character. He's kind, mm-hmm. he's kind of got that like I don't that accent that just kind of makes you laugh and is kind of cartoonish and whatever. What what do you guys think about Mac? Um, I I. I like the way Mac's written. Uh, I don't think they execute on a lot of it as well as they would have if they w- had done this closer to Last Crusade. Yeah, I just think I just think a, a lot of. I mean, as, as was covered earlier, a lot of time has passed. Like I think 
almost 20 years since, or maybe just over 20 years since Last Crusade at this point? I think point? it was 15 years, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was... No, wait, was wait, La- no well, well more than that. Yeah. La- La- well, between Last Crusade and, and Crystal Skull, I think it's 20 years. Uh, it was 19. 19, okay, got it. So they, they came out in 89? Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that... Uh, I mean, I like Ray Winstone as an actor. I, I think he's been in a lot of really fantastic films. Um, and I don't think he's wasted here at all. But I think there's probably a, a, a little too too many twists. And uh, I think you know, that... Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it, it's always like kind of like a weird, like, this man betrayed you. For the mm-hmm. first half of the movie, and then all of a sudden, like, all is forgiven. Yeah. And then you become best, you know, best friends again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just okay. Oh, oh, because he's going. It's just like Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. I'm You're my best friend he's again. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, Berlin when we were homies. Yeah. yeah you remember Dad? You remember Dad? Yeah, yeah I remember Dad. What best friends again? How can I stay mad at you? You brought up <laughs> Berlin. Awesome. Even though you got me captured and I got tortured by the Soviets, I you know you can forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Bygones, be bygones. Water under the bridge. Yeah. All those sayings. Dust in the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those sayings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, I, I, I really kind of enjoyed him. I do agree with you, Matt, though. Like if this was, if this came out even like four or five years after last crusade, it probably could have been done. I don't think it would have come off as cheesy and over the top and Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna move on, uh, arena Spalco played by Kate Blanchett. I, like I said earlier, I did not buy her at all as a <laughs> Soviet bad guy. I mean, it's too cartoony. Yeah. It's way too cartoony. Yeah. This is yeah. definitely the, the most kind of stereotype cartoon kind of character. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, even at the beginning when she, she was like kind of leading to the ending where she becomes just like, you know, when she's in the room with the the aliens and kind of just disintegrates, right? Because she's it, it it's it's the it's the uh, last crusade going for the uh, cup of Christ pit mm-hmm. thing to a thousand, right? It's yeah. so over the top, so not even close to being well done as it was in the last crusade. Right. And so I don't know. I just, every scene she was in, I was kind of annoyed actually. Yeah. Because yeah. I, because you know, story, like you said, like when Indiana Jones was being Indiana Jones, archeologist person looking at maps and solving puzzles, those were the best parts of the entire movie, right? Where like they're in mm-hmm. the cell or when they, even when they're on the site and they find the skull behind, uh, the the spanish people that died right and they like he took the sword and cut open the bag to get behind mm-hmm. him i don't want to keep borrowing your knife uh yeah right but every scene she was in i was just annoyed yeah so you know and and that's one of those things because a lot of the the russian cronies 
were uh-huh. all Russian actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why they wouldn't just, you know, because like, uh, you know, it, it's not uncommon to like have, you know, uh, actors, you know, kind of learn different accents. You know, right. how many times is, you know, Gerard Butler pulled off an American accent or even like, you know, uh, what, what what's his name? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. pulling off yeah. a British accent for Sherlock Holmes. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you could take a level of study and like really try to nail down the the accent and really do a good job. But yeah, something about Kate Blanchett, which I think she's a phenomenal actress, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, let's, yeah, let's, came not, off, let's, let's, let's not, let's not mince those words at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not like that. And that's why it was like, I, I agree with you, Matt. She's cartoony in yeah. a way, just like the cartoony villain of just like, you know, Oh, I am I am mad Russian woman, and I'm going to kill you, Doctor yeah. Jones. Like, oh boy, <laughs> that was you a know. better accent than though? she did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I, I've lived around Eastern European Balkan people, so even for me listening to that, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. You know, ugh. Yeah, and I mean, like I said earlier, my wife's whole family—they're Ukrainian—and so like, her like her mom talk. They talk in Russian when they talk to each other. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, uh, it's, it was just bad. You know, I, the, the, the example I kept thinking of, I think Matt's frozen. <laughs> he look at his face. He looks, he looks like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Mickey Rourke. No, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, there he yeah, is. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> uh, like Mickey Rourke and Iron Man two. I felt like that was a decent attempt at a Russian, accent and portrayal right and mm-hmm. that 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 was two years after this uh but yeah it just i didn't buy it and i think having the russian actors around her made it exponentially worse yeah it, it makes it it makes it worse 100 um i i don't think necessarily mickey works is better i think it is a. Uh, it's less cartoony. A, a, an act, it's, a, it's, it's an actor of lesser talent reaching further. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is this is Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Like I believe at this point, multiple Oscar winning Kate Blanchett, who is a phenomenal actress already. And she I mean, she's essentially punching down at this role and missing mm-hmm. more than she's hitting. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, like I think. I think honestly, like I'm surprised. I like Mickey Rourke's accent in Iron Man, Iron Man Two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is impressive. Whereas, uh, and it's because Mickey Rourke just—I don't think he's that great of an actor. No, I don't. Or at least I don't that, like. No. I don't like movies he's acted in near as near as much as I've liked. Cape Blanchett. Um, I mean, all all of these folks, regardless of whether or not they have speaking roles in film, they can act better than I can because they're getting paid for it, mm-hmm, and they've shown an aptitude for that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. I, uh, I, I always, I'm, I'm really impressed because one of the hardest accents I would imagine would be to try the try to nail like a South African accent. Mm-hmm. And I always think back to Blood Diamond, um, the movie with um, uh, Digimon Honsu, yeah, and DiCaprio. Yeah, and DiCaprio nailed that South African accent. Mm-hmm. But, and like, even just when I watched the movie, I heard this man studied for hours, worked with yeah. linguistic coaches, and just had a team of people around him. 
and he would just practice and practice and practice and practice and like because obviously Leonardo DiCaprio takes his roles very seriously, and he really he really nailed it, and to the point where it's like if this was the first time I was interacting with him, and if he was talking to me that way, I totally believe it. Even like Laura Bailey when she played as um, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, she played as that South African mercenary in Uncharted Four. Um, oh, Nadine. Nadine, yeah. Like she even nailed that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus, like, I, I don't know the stunt. Like, the plus, stunt she was plus doing. We don't know how. We, we also don't know how cartoony Spielberg and and the people behind the film wanted this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to point out that George Lucas was heavily involved in the production of this, which he wasn't the previous three films because he wanted to be involved in an Indiana Jones movie, and so. I think he still owns the rights to it, doesn't he? Like, no, Disney much? Disney does still. Well, at that point, he did. Oh, at that yeah. point, he did, yeah. And he oh, wasn't, right, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. the Star Wars prequels were over, and he wasn't really doing anything, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and Definitely wasn't doing anything right. Ah! <laughs> got him. And I think there was actually that. some conflict with Spielberg and him on set in certain at certain points, because... You know, obviously the first surprising three films, nobody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was gonna say, I I always heard those two never see eye to eye. <laughs> yeah, but they're like best friends. So. Yeah, I know. Well, that but that's what makes them best friends, I guess, because I think yeah. they both challenge each other. Because Spielberg is very much like, like I said earlier, he was very particular about how he wanted this movie to be shot. Yeah, and how he wanted this movie to be come across. And George Lucas was very, very specific about how he wanted the story to be. Yeah, right, and. You know, well, we've he, got all he, these computers now, Stephen. But George, yeah. it doesn't look like film. But, but computers. But, but film. Stephen, like everybody believed in aliens in the fifties, so we got to <laughs> put it in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that that too is like I don't mind the concept of aliens being the premise of the story, right? I mean, obviously, Temple of Doom was like, what's the difference between like a a god that sets your body on fire and your heart, you know, goes up in flames while your body's burning? a hundred feet down underneath you, but like, and you're still talking and yeah, exactly. You're still screaming at the top yeah. of your lungs. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting the, the fantastical nature of mm. Indiana Jones and the whole, like, you know, aliens thing, because we, we, we do have to believe that there's a large contingent of people that, you know, ancient aliens is like a very popular show on history channel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it cracks me up watching that because like when we think, who the hell built the pyramids? Who the hell built these large structures with like man-made objects? Like, oh, it's got to be aliens. Mm-hmm. So, I think George Lucas and the writing team like took advantage of those theories and decided to make it into a movie, and then have Indiana Jones find this alien tomb. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I agree with you. We could have done without that friggin' well, for some ending. reason. I, yeah. I thought I thought this I thought this film predated a lot of that. No, I, I, I think know, it was like right at the zeitgeist of like popularity of ancient aliens and stuff. Cause I remember watching a lot of this with the girl I was dating at the time around this time. And it was like aliens and, you know, ancient Egypt aliens and, you know, Mayan aliens and, you know, where do these pyramids come from? And like, even to today, like my wife and I still watch some things on ancient aliens. So not ancient aliens, but like, yeah, ancient... who's that Greek guy, you know, with the big, with the big hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, the, actually, it originally started March eighth, two thousand nine. Oh, uh, 
Well, there are other alien shows on there, right? I wasn't. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I'm not like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I wasn't it's, thinking the, I, the Greek gentleman is Giorgio Sukalis. There you go. That's it. Right. I wasn't thinking like they took the they took the themes of the TV show into sure. But I was yeah, thinking. No, that, I, this I was is, thinking this in terms is, of yeah, like ancient aliens didn't. The the whole idea didn't start March eighth, two thousand nine. That it right, existed. Yeah. Plenty yeah. plenty of time before then. Yeah. So I yeah uh, I I think once people once travel started to kind of hit at a high and you know people are like who the hell would build these large structures i guess one of the first things is like well aliens how about aliens mm -hmm. so yeah 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 we don't we don't and and this is this is this is where like i get in the 50s there was a lot of alien fear just because of roswell yeah mm -hmm. um that's you know the modern american conspiracy theory mm -hmm. uh but also, like, aliens. We can't just put a little. We can't just. We can't just put a little faith in the people that live there. <laughs> like, we can't. Nope. We can't. Nope. It has to be. Ugh. And <laughs> that's what I find infuriating. Like, it's just no. <laughs> we would rather. We would rather believe people came from far, far away than not white people. Like that's <laughs> ugh, very frustrating. Uh. All right. Well, speaking of white people, uh, Karen <laughs> Allen <laughs> reprises her role as Marion Ravenwood. Uh, I really liked seeing her back, even if she wasn't as, you know, badass as she was in Raiders, right? But I really enjoyed mm -hmm. seeing her come back and her coming Look, in man, and kind you, of when you when you raise a kid like mutt you probably lose some of your badassness along the way <laughs> yeah he would take the piss out of her every now and then yes yeah well even like the the introductory scene where she walks out of that tent and she does that whole indiana jones like mm -hmm. total fan service there and that of just mm -hmm. like oh yeah I, the same exact uh thing she said the first line that she said to yeah. harrison ford's character you know in raiders yeah mm-hmm uh, Indiana Jones, and almost the same tone. So obviously yeah, yeah. we can we can totally get that Karen Allen still still has the chops to act. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, she was. I I really I really I really just enjoyed seeing her in this role again, mm -hmm. and kind of bringing mm -hmm. him down a peg. And you know they're both older, but they're both still like they're in love with each other, but they like hate each other at the same time. And you know it's it was fun. Uh, yeah. So. I would have liked well, yeah, the whole the, yeah the whole dynamic of just like them hating like he ghosted her apparently you know and got her and knocked her up and then just kind of just quote unquote disappeared even though he really didn't go anywhere he just was like you know I'm just gonna go back to teaching and probably not call you and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you know she like lays into him like you ghosted me you left me and now i got this kid and i've raised him by myself and not even tell you for like 20 some years or whatever and then it comes to a point where at the end they're just getting married like okay cool i mean i i that them getting married at the end is is probably the the least stretch for me here Mm -hmm. Um, I also like that, th I mean, clearly, you know, they are surrounded by Russian soldiers when they meet again, and clearly they're both in significant danger, but all of that melts away just because they're, they're back together again. Yeah. Uh, 
I like the way that, that comes off. I like that throughout this movie, uh, she is more of a foil for Indiana Jones than anybody else trying to foil Indiana Jones in this yeah. movie. Um, and plus, I, I still think, sure, character Marion Ravenwood may have lost a step, but doesn't mean she's still awesome. Or she's still not awesome because she's very awesome in this movie. No, I I think her her inclusion in the story like showed that obviously she was a very well beloved character because mm-hmm. obviously in the end you know with the other three it was kind of like we talked about it before where it was like a James Bond universe where like every every film had like a different main female protagonist you know or antagonist in the case of Last Crusade so. Um, you know, I'm glad that they brought her back because obviously she was she became very pivotal to the story. And mm-hmm. yeah, she was the only one really that challenged Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones's character, like really challenged him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100 uh, percent. All right. Well, I guess we are moving on to Mutt Williams. Ugh. A.K.A. Henry Jones the third. He can't be the third because he has a different last name. It's not that's, how that works. That's not true. It's not how that works. No, Henry the third. He's no. He took his stepdad's last name in the movie. If you're paying attention, when I know. They so were then in the he truck. can't. No, he. And that's what I'm saying. He can't be Henry the third. Well, actually, he he can be because then just call him Henry. You can. You can. You can. You name yourself whatever you want, right? Yeah, as as told, <laughs> as told in these films, you can name yourself and just yeah, I mean, be perfectly. I can fine. change my name to Henry Jones the Third. I am not a Jones. I am not the Third Jones. But we have the technology. <laughs> no, according <laughs> well, according to Indiana Jones lore, you would have to name yourself Bagel <laughs> Bagel Keel because they sure. name each other after dogs. So. What do you think about that bagel? <laughs> He's tired. He's snoring. <laughs> uh, so, unlike you guys, I feel like I liked him a lot in this role just because it was... I mean, you still got a little bit of that screamy Transformers Shia LaBeouf in here, but like, I actually thought he was pretty good in this role. I... I like when he shows up. I like how he really played off of Harrison Ford. I like his kind of, you know, he's he's Marion's son. Like, I really liked how he played off of the characters, and I liked how he helped solve some some puzzles, and I liked how he, like, went on this adventure. You know, I, I, I liked him in this movie, aside from a few things, like, like I mentioned earlier, him swinging through the vines, uh... The comb thing was a little much. Every scene he combed his hair. That was. I'm gonna go ahead and say that was a direct directorial opinion of probably George Lucas being on set at that point. Uh, you know, I I bought it. I bought it. So, okay. I mean, I know you guys have different opinions, but well, no, that's a product of the time. You know, the greaser 
Yeah, obviously the yeah. you know the greaser guy like I was that was made apparent in the West Side Story uh, throwdown in the bar. Uh huh. You know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, you know, like he's he was part of that whole like you know rebellious teen you know kind of I don't want to say subgenre but like class of people that was like greasers that just really just comb their hair all the time leather jacket motorcycle riding you know whatever so yeah yeah it makes sense i mean yeah it, it, ma it made sense if you wanted like it almost feels like they're uh jeez i don't want to say i don't it, it almost feels like they're trying to go for a motif rather than a character yeah yeah right um and and like and in 2008 when i saw this i I didn't know who Shia LaBeouf was. Mm -hmm. So if you would have asked Matt in 2008, like kids annoying, but no, he didn't really do a disservice. It's just all of the shit that Shia LaBeouf has done since. Like he, he's, he's been kind of an asshole on several occasions. And that kind of, t I mean, at that point it's just like, well, let him be the character. I'm like, no, I can I see Shia LaBeouf's face. He doesn't embody anything else. He's he's just a dickhead with a leather jacket and a comb. Oh, mm. he can ride a bicycle. He can ride a motorcycle. Ooh, never seen that one before. But you know, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I think that like I think they're it's definitely they're just going for a motif rather than a character for me. Um, I'm not trying to be like grand and proclaimy about it, but that's just what it feels like to me. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, to me, I like I feel like I keep bringing up the comb thing, but I feel like they could have done that like once or twice and gotten the point across, right? Mm -hmm. I think he does it. I think I counted like eight or nine times in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this movie is not even two hours long, and he does it eight or nine times, and he doesn't even show up till like a half hour later. So you're telling me he does it like every, uh, on average, like every nine minutes, he's combing his hair. Like that, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. You know, well, even in like the scene where like, you know, he's got like he's being held at gunpoint or like the sword, whatever, you know, that yeah. Kate Blanchett's character pulls out the sword and he's like, whoa, 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 lady. And then pulls out the comb and starts combing it like, really, dude, is that the yeah. time <laughs> you're going to comb your hair while your neck is being threatened with a long rapier sword? Right. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Uh, man. Also, the, the the whole fencing thing on the vehicles in the jungle, the whole jungle scene just didn't really do it for me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You know, but yeah. then like, he's like str straddling these, you know, vehicles, which I get kind of, you know, obviously in other movies, Indiana Jones did that in a couple scenes. Right. But like, those were like a couple, like five or 10 second scenes. This was like a whole scene where he's doing this for like a good five or 10 minutes. You know, you know, all, all it all it would take was the driver for that other vehicle to just pull a little bit to the right. Yeah. yeah. And there goes Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Because he was the one that wasn't positioned. Well, yeah. he was the one that was doing a Jean-Claude Van Damme in between vehicles. Yeah. Kate Blanchett's mm -hmm. character was like on firm ground. So all that guy needed to look over and be like, oh, a little pull to the right. OK, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I would have. I you failed us, Russians. You failed us. I yeah. mean, it would have been funny for like. <laughs> this is why you lost the Cold War. In like a, <laughs> yeah, in like a in like a five second scene where like, oh, I'm all of a sudden straddling cars and then I gotta jump to the other car, right? But he never jumps to the other car, you know? Yeah. Well, I I, I also think I also think that these things work in terms of spectacle, but not. I mean, again, once you start thinking about them, you're just like, 
come on now, really? Yeah. No, I get, I get it. But then, like, he's straddling the car, and then he gets caught in a vine, and then he gets caught up in this like huge collection of of monkeys, and now he's gonna swing to the back to the cars. Like, what was this detour the cars took to where he could take his time, and how he all of a sudden knew how to swing on vines, like, you know. Tarzan or whatever, and like watch the monkeys for like two seconds, and he was like, "I can do that." Yeah, I, I mean, I get like yeah. I, I get conceptually like, okay, I could swing from a vine technically, but like he's doing it like a professional gymnast in like a circus mm-hmm. act, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think you could just do that in your leather jacket and your motorcycle boots, you know? Yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert on <laughs> vine swinging, but yeah. I would imagine that's not something you could just pick up within a couple seconds. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, to do it, to get to where the cars were as fast as he did, too, right? Like, I want to know what route did the cars take out of the jungle for him to be, you know, them to, like, pull up right as he was swinging out of the jungle, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, hmm. Eh. This movie's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really weird. Like this it's is like what I'm talking about. Like the last because Indiana Jones is very fantastical and has very fantastical, you know, way out there stunts. But this took it to another level it, that even like the diehards are like, ah, I don't know about that. I mean, I <laughs> I probably don't. Ha- I have like zero problems with this. The first two thirds of the movie, right? I actually yeah. think it's a pretty good Indiana Jones movie. But then, like, when you get to this scene and then they like he swings and then you have the the red ants scene right which is like i don't know if that's real or not i don't know if there's killer ants that just eat people like they gather up not to that extent drag them into their animals or whatever not to that extent yeah yeah and then like you get into like the waterfall scene where like okay i told i could i could I can buy Marion driving off the cliff and landing on the tree and then them lowering down into the river, right? Okay, that's a temple of doom. No, I can't. Maybe you can. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, this is more believable than the temple of doom airplane scene, right? This, <laughs> anytime something weird happens, I'm like, okay, well, is it weirder than temple of doom? No, okay, we're going to move forward. Uh, but yeah. then, like, you go, you go down three huge waterfalls, right? Like death, like Niagara Falls-sized waterfalls. <laughs> You know, and you all survive and not injured and like nobody got injured. They didn't lose the skull. They didn't lose each other. Right. And then they turn around and they're all of a sudden, oh, we're where we're supposed to be. Here we are. You know, like that. this is where the movie kind of turns for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about the rest of these characters. OK. Uh, John Hurt <laughs> plays Harold Oxley, who. uh is an interesting character. Uh, go ahead, Matt. I Uh-oh. like this. I like this character a lot, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because, for some reason, in terms of an absolutely batshit crazy story, like, of course, the choice to have this character in it, as well as it is. It ends up being the eye of this hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, like I'm in another Indiana Jones plot in an alternate timeline. This is even more bullshit than it already is. Yeah. But 
I am okay with everything that's going on here with John Hurt's character. He rules. Yeah. I will allow this. Yeah, I I agree. Nothing with you. else makes sense. And meanwhile, the crazy person is like, "Oh, this is how you do it." Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because of course Every it time. is. Of course, this is how it goes. <laughs> uh, what about you, Stoy? I mean, he was fine. He plays the kind of uh, what, like the, um, you know, possessed, like you know, what, whatever, just the you know the crazy old hermit that has these yeah. like little moments of like you know intelligence, but then he goes back to like, oh, I'm a bumbling idiot. Hey, go get help. Help? Okay, I'll go get help. And he goes and brings <laughs> like the Soviets, like. Yeah. Is now I, I'm 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 are you are you an idiot or are you just kind of yeah so like I like that kind of dynamic because in, I I like and hate it because what was I saying earlier that I don't like the dyna- all the dynamics that Harrison Ford goes through with Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and this guy is kind of the same thing but I think his is a more believable uh, story arc in this story because like he was once like what he was a professor or something like that or he was like yeah. Yeah, he was he was a pretty intelligent guy, but like the skull kind of possessed him to the point where he's now kind of like a you the, know, the skull a, did its thing. Yeah, in a, in a way in that would brain. melt Kate Blanchett later in the film, but yep. he just go he just gets a little a little nuts. Just mm-hmm. just goes a little crazy. Yeah, so they, I, they, I, I they give that. him a touch of the dementia. Here. Yeah, to be exactly. fair, so I, Kate I Blanchett that. got annihilated by like what thirteen of these things that morphed into one. Well, so. I thought that was just uh, what the skull coming to form, right? What like the skull kind of encompassed encompassed I mean, all? They were, they were. I mean, they were they they were Captain Planeting on Cape Planet yeah. there with with our mental skull Wonder powers Twi- combined. Wonder, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins power activated. I just, I I mean, like I said, the whole end of this movie is just really stupid. Uh, yeah, it really is. But it really is one hundred percent. I mean, I was along for the ride, right? And I just accepted the end of the movie because, of course, aliens. There's a spaceship under this mine pyramid. Why not? But yeah. <laughs> man, you uh, know, I, 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 I wow, it's like an eraser on a pencil. Just they've never been here now. Yeah, you know, I, I just wish they ended it. I wish they just ended it with them in the kind of pantheon of like you know all these you know thrones of alien skulls yeah. and skeletons. Mm-hmm. They could have just ended it there. And then maybe have some like, you know, oh, yeah, now, you know, Kate Blanchett's burned alive. Kind of similar to what we've seen in Last Crusade about picking the wrong cup. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, uh-huh. obviously taking the, you know, opening the Ark of the Covenant, so to speak. But that whole like spaceship scene, man, I was I was yeah. like the room <laughs> like when the room started spinning is where I kind of checked out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like diving into the archway to try to like do some kind of dumbass Mario platforming, jump through the hole before the thing knocks you over type thing. He's like, oh my God, just, I'm checked out here. I'll wait till the the wedding scene. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. No kidding. And then Shia LaBeouf trying to pick up the hat. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. I totally forgot about (laughs) that scene too. It gave me a good, (laughs) it gave me a good chuckle though. I do. I I breathed a sigh of relief in the theater. I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) They're not passing the mantle. Yeah, I totally forgot about that not scene. Yet. By the way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So, all right. So, uh, a couple other characters. We don't have to really talk a lot about them. Uh, uh, Jim uh, Broadbent played Charles Stanforth, who's like the the dean of the school that Indiana Jones works at, right? And uh, a lot of people might know him from the later Harry Potter movies. He plays a big role in there. Uh, I don't really know what else he's been in, but... Uh, he kind of took the uh, place dude's of had a long acting career. He's yeah. had a real long acting career. Yeah. yeah. I would say he kind of takes place of Marcus Brody, Marcus Brody. Yeah. Uh, which hilariously, there's a <laughs> statue of him in the headlands. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, what Shia LaBeouf's lap at some point, cause they were riding the uh, motorcycle. Yeah. The, the cars uh, that the, yeah, the Soviets that were chasing him. Yeah. 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 Which is, that was funny. I kind of laughed. Uh, he was he was he was only in the movie for a few minutes, but he kind of filled that role, and it was pretty okay in that role. Uh, and then uh, Igor Jijikaini played uh, <laughs> Dovchenko, who was the kind of like the main, like the right hand uh, man of Bruiser. Kate Blanchett's character. Bruiser. Yeah, he uh, that the fight scene. Is he the, he's the one that gets eaten by the ants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, that, like, he was pretty brutal. That fight scene between him and Harrison Ford was pretty. That was the be- that was my favorite part of the movie because that was that's old school Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, right? Yeah, there. that's what that's what <laughs> I was getting down. at. That's what I was getting at is that that was hands down kind of uh, him fighting the German outside the plane of Raiders, mm-hmm. right? Uh, very very classic Indiana Jones, very good. So. Yeah, because in every one he's fighting some big bruiser dude, uh-huh. you know, and just getting getting his shit kicked in. Uh-huh. But like, you know, finding that upper hand at some point at the end where he just like, yeah, lays him out with his big ass tree trunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good, very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are kind of the main characters of this film. Any other thoughts on scenes, favorite or worst scenes, favorite or worst moments of the movie? I mean. Uh, we kind of covered a lot of it. Uh, any any other comments on, on this movie before we kind of get into the ranking, I would say? You know, what I, what I wanted more of from this movie was the kind of like the, like, w- with Raiders of the Lost Ark, there wasn't, you know, there was like these big bombastic action sequences, but there was a lot of, kind of mystery solving there was a lot of investigating there was a lot of and we me personally i maybe wanted a little bit more of that but a little bit more intrigue because when i watched this movie a second time i was i i was left asking like wait how does that work wait how did that happen wait how does wait 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 like a lot of things like the kind of mystery part of it didn't make sense to me like <laughs> like for example the the, the the gate that opens when you put the skull in there mm-hmm. like how did that come to be and even like the whole the the, the skull is constantly magnetized mm-hmm. but it's only magnetized sometimes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like like i'm like i don't wait there's Which just as like, far as i know about magnets they're never really not you can't turn them off magnetic you, yeah, <laughs> really? you, yeah, yeah you can't turn magnets off you know so like a lot of that is just like, you know, okay, all right, Shia LaBeouf dangles his knife in front of it, and it zaps up, and, you know, whatever. And then he just pulls it off like it's no big deal, and that's it. Like, what? Mm-hmm. So I wish there was a little bit of, like, you don't have to, like, 
explain everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could leave a lot of things up to the imagination, which is what I thought Raiders of the Lost Ark was really good at. It's just like it, it, it gives you enough to kind of leave you questioning and mm-hmm. leave you kind of like yeah. m- maybe making it up in your own head. So mm-hmm. um, you don't need to explain everything to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of like, Hey, did you see this? Did you, did you notice this kind of reference? Did you notice this? Did you pick up on this type thing in this movie? And I, I I noticed it more this time watching it than I did previously, probably because this is kind of the first time I've watched them all back to back to back in like a more confined kind of, you know, really paying attention. Right. And so Who's waving? What's happening? Who's behind me? Oh, you, uh, no, you cut out on my end. So. Oh, did I? <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I didn't cut out on I my think end. I heard a, I... Matt and I were looking at each other like, hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. This. Hmm. Anyways, I, what I was saying is like, there's a lot of like, did you notice this reference? Did you see this reference? Did you catch this Easter egg from the mm-hmm. older movies? Like, yeah. I thought the one that I I liked the most was just him having a picture of uh, Sean Connery on his desk at the beginning. Like I was like, that's a nice callback. Okay, that lets you know, like, okay, well, he's not going to be in this movie. He's dead. Or Does whatever. he have one of Brody as well, or is Brody just mentioned? I right think next to it. It's right next. It was to right. It. it was right. It was right next to it. And okay. it was yeah. It was like um yeah, right to the left. I think mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, you know, it, it just kind of was like a nice reminder of like, oh, okay, well, this is where we've come from. Here's where we're going, whatever. But then, mm-hmm. you know, there's the other things that are just like stupid. Uh, I can't really name <laughs> them off the top of my head at this moment, but like they were there. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to just, you know, Stoy brought some up earlier. and I think Matt brought one up earlier too, but like, I don't know. Overall, I felt like this was fun. I, I, like Matt said, if you turn your if you turn your brain off and just kind of enjoy it for what it is, and you go in with kind of low expectations, they're gonna probably exceed your low expectations of this movie. The ending is pretty bad. Uh, you know the the wedding is kind of fun, but also like I don't know, twenty five years too late probably. Uh, Why even do it at that point? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess I just... especially like if you're planning this fifth movie and. Uh, I don't know, Karen Allen or Shia LaBeouf aren't in this movie. Like, what are you doing at this point? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Karen Karen Allen's not in this movie, is she? No, not according to the I am or the Google cast list, I guess you would say. What? The, yeah, how the hell are they going to write that in? Or are they going to say, like, oh, she died? Like, okay, I hope not. Right, just write her like that. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I feel like. Maybe she's just not going on the adventure. I bet she's in the movie for, you know, like at the beginning or something, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be nice to at least put her in for like five seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, going on another adventure. All right. Have uh, have fun. Yeah. So wear our coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she tosses she tosses him his fedora out the, as he's walking out yeah. the door. Um. So, all right, guys, it's time to place this movie on our rankings list. Our current list is as follows The Last Crusade at number one, Raiders number two, correct, and correct, Temple of Doom at number three, correct. 
it's definitely. Uh, I think we can all agree it's not better than Last Crusade. Hundred percent. Definitely 100%. not better than Raiders. I think the big question is: Is 100%. it better? Is it better than Temple of Doom or not? That's that's the question here. You know, I I thought about this just today actually, because Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull are very much similar than that a lot of people like to believe in terms of Indiana Jones's character, because even in Temple of Doom, he's kind of like a bumbling doofus. Sometimes he has these moments where he's like, you know, he's just kind of barely making it through there. And, you know, a lot of times we chalk that up to, oh, he's just kind of this is a prequel. So maybe he's not as seasoned as he as as like maybe Raiders or in, uh, um, you know, Last Crusade. But, you know, they're kind of similar in a way in terms of like his character. And it, I really kind of struggled with, like, I guess, which one is technically the better one. I mean, I, so, I, 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 I guess ultimately in the end, I think uh, Temple of Doom is better. But that's like my opinion. I think in the, in, the, in the prior three episodes of this, I had talked the most shit on Temple of Doom. But if I but like I had not seen Crystal Skull since 2008. Yeah, I've seen same. Temple of Doom at least three times since then. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, and that's just a, that's a that's a ballpark guess. I could be way off, but I could probably go another 13 years and not watch this film again. Um, I think it is fun. I think it is. You, I. I I think it's better if you turn your brain off here. You don't necessarily have to turn your brain off in Temple of Doom. I mean, you can recognize that it's absurd. You can sort of analyze it. Fine. But here it's just like they, there's some audacity to a, to an ultimately silly degree here more than there is in Temple of Doom. So I think I'm yeah. going to put Crystal Skull at the bottom. Yeah, I, I mean, I would too. Because like, like I said, I, I think it like, kind of like, like I said, there was, I, I agree with you, there is a little bit more seriousness and I guess a little bit more, I don't know, like less campiness. But I agree, like if you if you turn your brain off, like what Corey said, bubblegum for the brain, just have a good time mm-hmm. watching a really fun swashbuckling Indiana Jones adventure. Like then it's a good, then it's a good movie. But like, if you wanted to kind of really deep dive into it, especially if you're a long time Indiana Jones fan, like we all are, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. It, it's a tougher pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I guess my vote doesn't really matter then. Uh, this is, this is at the <laughs> bottom. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I, I guess I'm glad it doesn't matter because I am actually really struggling of where to put this movie. Uh, yeah. Just because, like, I am not a fan of Temple of Doom. I if I'm watch rewatching these movies, I kind of sometimes skip Temple of Doom to be honest, mm-hmm. just because like it's sure super. It's just it's compared to Raiders and and Last Crusade. It's just weird, you know. It's just like it's, yeah, it really is. It's, yeah, it's it is. just really weird, and I don't like the the I don't like what's her face in that movie. Like I like short round, but like mm-hmm. what's her name? Uh, Billy, Billy just like really bothers me. Willie or Willie, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She really bothers me in that movie, and sure. like just the. 
the kid stuff is weird and <laughs> I don't know. It's just that movie's weird. So but so like well I mean you could compare you I mean I think I think the one thing that's consistent here is if any of us are asked the question, hey, you want to watch an Indiana Jones movie? We know which two we're picking. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably say Raiders or we'll probably say Last Crusade. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like getting back to what Stoy was saying and, and you're kind of tagging on it here, like Willie is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Short mm-hmm. round is Karen Ravenwood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Marion Ravenwood, big Karen yeah. Allen. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Um, and all and all of the, I mean, and Motorom is Kate Blanchett at this point, except yeah. mm-hmm. better acted and more appropriately casted. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we have our tiers yeah. split correctly. I mean, we yeah. could, I think ultimately whoever is going to rank these however they want. If you have, if if you're saying temple of doom or crystal skull is the yeah. best one we have some questions for yeah. you here yeah here, <laughs> uh, here's here's my just thinking about this while you're talking here's my final kind of conclusion mm-hmm. temple of doom better movie in terms of story consistency ending that kind of thing mm-hmm. if i were to rewatch something i would probably choose this over temple of doom personally okay but again doesn't matter temple of doom Mm -hmm. has been voted in in the third place spot in this as predicted probably by 99.9 percent of our audience (laughs) yeah is last so and i and and a lot of a lot of things like i mean we dog we we dogged on this movie a lot but I really, I mean, there there was a lot of good elements to this that I really feel we overshadowed with a lot of the negative stuff. Like it's like we talked about earlier. There's a lot of these like great investigation like moments where like Indiana Jones was Indiana Jones. There was the fight scene in the ant farm area that was like you know hugely classic Indiana Jones, or even like the nods to the old films to appease all, all of us old fans. There was there was a lot of good moments in this, but mm-hmm. they were far outshadowed by you know, kind of the ones that were like, eh, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the opening scene until you get to the, uh, the fridge is actually pretty <laughs> good. Like I think the yeah. whole, sorry, miles is crying. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, it'll, it'll be fine. Uh, edit it in post. Uh, he's like, I, I just think that opening scene is fun. I think it's really cool. And the chasing them through the warehouse and, like, it's a good I way think, to open the movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it was a great way yeah. to open the movie. And mm-hmm. it just – and I really actually appreciated the the real opening where, like, they used the font that they used in the 80s and, like, really kind of opened it like an Indiana Jones movie. Like, it was to the point where, like, they used the Paramount logo from the 80s and I thought that yeah. I put the wrong disc in, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and I, I, like, I really appreciated that authenticity and – like the race at the beginning uh felt pretty natural to the film, right? I don't know why it was included in and really add anything, but like I I really like the opening of the movie. And so, you know, there are good things in this movie, but the I I feel like I feel like the good things are good, but the bad things are really bad. 
and yeah. that that is kind of what what people remember of this movie is like the bad things were bad, you know. Mm. So, mm-hmm. well, there you have it. There's our definitive ranking: Last Crusade first, Raiders of the Lost Ark second, Temple of Doom third, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull last. Now, before we get out of here, I kind of want to take like five minutes or so and talk about Indiana Jones five is coming up next year two, 2023 yeah uh as of this recording i don't really want to date the show really but you know do we expect this movie to be good at all i mean i know the director directed logan he's directed some things that people like a lot i have some faith in that he knows how to deal with a character who's kind of aging out of the role i guess you mm-hmm. would say uh I hope that Kathleen Kennedy doesn't really like I, I I feel like not not that she's like a bad producer or anything, but like Star Wars has kind of had its ups and downs, right? And I just kinda hope that they let uh Mangold do his thing in this movie. Uh I mean the cast list is pretty interesting to say the least, right? Harrison Ford obviously uh Mads Mickelson is in this movie, Antonio Banderas is in this movie, Toby Jones is in this movie, right? Uh I'm excited mm-hmm. to see Mads Mickelson. Like honestly, I think he's I mean, he's he's awesome at everything he's in. Yeah. You know. Um I remember like I think I first saw him in King in King Arthur, you know. Yeah. With uh, Clive Owen and he was I forget what character I forget who he was, but he was really good in that and I was like, This guy is amazing. Like, who is this guy? And yeah, sure enough he just kept getting better and better. I just you know what I've always seen with some films these days is that in order to pave the way for new characters, which is one of the main problems I had with the new Star Wars films, is that in order to pave the way for the new generation, they have to kill off or not not, not necessarily just kill off, but to just like kind of almost like um, downplay or like knock down the old characters. Like it yeah. still bugs me to the point of like how they treated luke skywalker like he's just some fucking grumpy ass hermit you know like Mm -hmm. you could have like written him off in a much better fashion than that if you're gonna kill off a character like kill him off in a way that you know it's like kind of like honorable or like honors the memory so what i hope they don't do with this film is knock indiana jones down to a point where he is just like a bumbling fool I want Indiana Jones to be Indiana Jones. I don't care how old he is. You can you could turn him into maybe he's not a guy that does like wild and crazy stunts. Maybe you could turn him into a more like a mentor or a teacher or something like that. But uh-huh. I just really hope that they don't knock knock him down into like this embarrassing old man mm-hmm. that's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I kinda that's hope my main worry. I kinda hope they do more of like the we're actually searching for a relic and we have to solve puzzles type adventure in this which I get there's going to be action. It's an Indiana Jones movie, right? There's going to be yeah. punching and whipping and shooting and driving, so. right? Like, th- there's going to be all that stuff. But, like, I hope they take the time to realize that Harrison Ford is old and they move the movie in that direction. And, like, he's this is, like, his last hurrah in terms of we got to find this thing because it's really dangerous if it gets into the Nazis or the Soviets' hands, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. 
Which, I mean, I don't mind if they keep with the Soviet thing. Like, I mean, oh, obviously, I don't as he's getting older, if, if this movie moves into the 19 late late 50s or 60s, like, keep the Soviet thing. Like, we need, obviously, that big bad menace mm-hmm. that's, like, trying yeah. to chase after, you know, the West and stuff like that. That's, yeah. you know, why the Nazis were so compelling villains or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I bet, I wonder if the Nazis will have something to do with this, though, because it does seem like with... I feel like they might be going to South America, right? With you know, I, not to like kind of pigeonhole these actors into some kind of stereotype role, but Antonio Banderas, right, is in this movie. I wonder if he's going to be like a contact or even a villain, right? He was the villain in the Uncharted movie, right? So like, mm-hmm. right, yeah, you know, something there. If the Nazis, like, they're playing off the story where. Uh, the the legend where like the Nazis ended up in Argentina instead of dying off or whatever, right? Uh, you know they have some South South American uh, actors in this, uh, so I, I just I just wonder if that's where they're headed if they're going to move back to the Nazis instead of the Soviets. But I don't I that's one thing I can say about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I actually thought the, the Soviets were like a natural progression of mm-hmm. you know so. Yeah, I uh, I think here's what, here's what I would like, and this is why I would like it. I would like somewhere about first third of the movie, we see Indiana Jones take a tumble and start rethinking his how he needs to go forward, mm-hmm. and then yep. finish finish the mission with a lot more help this time out. Um, I don't want to say I want it to be something where like he's hobbled and they're kind of carrying him along the entire time because I think that'll get very tired very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's I feel like in the final third there's going to be a moment where he goes where he does the Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this shit, mm-hmm. and you know it's time for it's time for me to retire. Yeah. And and then maybe there's a natural progressive handoff to to possibly lead them to keep, you know, not necessarily the Indiana Jones name, mm-hmm. but there's going to be like a, like, this is what we'll do for the next thing. Yeah, right. Um, this is how we'll move this sort of James Bond-ish narrative forward. Um, or, or they just end it there. They'll be like, yeah, I'm done. Which honestly, I, I hope they do the latter mm-hmm. of what you say. I hope th- they can kind of close the chapter and be like, you know, this is done. Um, if they mm-hmm. want to maybe, you know, I- introduce some of his younger work, like when he's like, you know, if there's any like swashbuckling adventures, like re- mm-hmm. resurrecting the young Indiana Jones, like I- I'd be fine mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. You know, but I I kind of feel like you have to do that at this point where like if you want to keep Indiana Jones going you have to take it back to somewhere in that original trilogy era at some point. Yeah. I, I don't know right. if you go as far back as like <clears throat> young Indiana Jones, but I think you do have to at least cast an actor who has the mannerisms and the ability to portray a Harrison Ford type uh, charisma to mm-hmm. take on this role. Like I, I always thought like, Oh, you can probably recast somebody, make him, you know, this would be like a James Bond type thing where every person makes it his own, which I, 
in walking that back, I actually think like you have to have a very specific type of person take on this role. Right. And we saw that mm-hmm. with, with solo, right. Where, you know, uh, say what you want about Alden Aaron Reich or whatever his name was like, he did a decent job. Right. I thought but, he did. I thought he did good. Yeah. You know, but like there, there were very, there were some things where you're like, I don't know if Harrison Ford would have done that, but then there were other points where he nailed it, you know, mm-hmm. or like, Donald Glover in that movie also played, you know, Lando, Lando. to a T, right? That was mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and so uh, it's not like James Bond where, okay, you just find some kind of suave person to shoot someone or punch someone or kiss the girl or whatever, yeah. right? Like it, it's, it's definitely got to be someone who can nail the role. And I always thought like when they made this movie and I thought this was going to be the last one Harrison Ford was in, I thought like, my first pick to play Indiana Jones then would have been Bradley Cooper was my first pick. I know a lot of people were like, oh, uh, Chris Pratt. I'm like, no, I don't like him as – like I don't like him in Jurassic World. Like I think he's a great Star-Lord, right? But I don't think he mm-hmm. needs to – every funny action person does not need to be Chris Pratt, right? Like I, I, I'm not on the train where like I hate Chris Pratt like the entire internet seems to – too, but like I think he ha- is a very specific type of actor, and not the person you want replacing Harrison Ford in this role, right? Um, no, I actually agree with you on Bradley Cooper. I think he would be a great fit. I think he toes that line between he can play a very serious role, but like he can also kind of you know go off the rails a little bit and be that yeah, yeah, just like mimic that those same mannerisms that Harrison Ford does, and I, that's uh-huh. what makes Harrison Ford a great actor. Is that you know, you could be a serious investigative type person where you're having a serious conversation about, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden segue right to, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, k- kind of a doofus like, you know, like the scene where like, you know, he's he's swinging from side to side and just lands in that kind of like driver's seat. Yeah. And he's like, well, I misjudged that, you know, yeah. like, I could totally see Bradley Cooper like pulling that off very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- that I mean, when like I said, when this movie came out and they were talking about re like recasting or whatever, uh, that was that was the first person I thought of would be a great person to fit. But I I don't I don't even know how old Bradley Cooper is. But if you're gonna reboot it or whatever, like how old is he? Would he be able to do three or four movies within a 15 year span? You know. Because like I don't I yeah. don't know if Indiana yeah. Jones is going to be a franchise Disney's going to want to pump out every two years or whatever. I think that ship has sailed, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think the time the time for that is over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's I, I why, mean, I, unless you like completely start over brand new, kind of like with what the Ghostbusters did, where like yeah. you know you can maybe throw in some fan service with it. Yeah, but uh, you know. I, uh, but I, I guess that's different because that's that's a team of people versus like an icon or one character or one person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of tough. Like I said, if they if they said this is the last Indiana Jones we're making and that's it, we're done. Like I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, Same. Bradley Cooper is forty seven years old, by the way. Um, in case anybody cared, I looked it up because I was curious. Based based on you know. Harrison Harrison Ford being what eighty now? Yeah, I mean he can like, pull it off. Well, he's got thirty three years. Yeah, yeah. Ford age. Keep stay healthy, Cooper. Yeah. Stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
do a, do do your vegan diet like uh, main man Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, well, anything anything else anybody wants to say before we get out of here? Uh, or uh, what's his name? I, I just saw Morbius the other day because uh, my wife has a has a crush on um, what's his face in Jared it? Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. And like she reminded me when we left the theater, she was like, "You know, he's on a vegan diet, right?" I'm like, "What are you, what are you trying to tell me?" <laughs> oh man, he's he's 50. Jared Leto, really? Uh, he is 50 years old. Yeah. Holy cow! <laughs> I I would have never pegged him to be 50. I would have never old. pegged him, dude. Dude, man, he, he like he had a shirtless scene in that movie, and I was like, "Wow, all right." I didn't know he was 50. Great, good for him. Yeah, he looks uh, younger than me, and I'm 35, so great. Oh, boy. Everybody yeah. else on this panel looks younger than me, too, so, I mean, let's be fair. Uh, all right. Well, anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching and are listening to Indiana Jones in review. This crew will probably be back at some point to review something else. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. If this is the first episode you're listening to, why was this the first episode you're listening to? Uh, you can go back and check out our other episodes on the original trilogy. Check out our other standard definition episodes on MCU, Disney Animation. Uh, there's some Ghostbusters in there. We're currently ranking Nintendo consoles also. So check those out. Uh, Matt Did stole... we do Ghostbusters 2? No, we didn't do Ghostbusters 2 yet. Okay. No, Ghostbusters was our very first episode, and then we never went back. Yeah, I know. We never went, because I was like, I don't remember Ghostbusters 2 ever. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to get there. We should probably talk to Stephanie about that. Uh, yeah, right. But anyways, Stoy, Matt, thank you for your time and your efforts on this series. Matt, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere. I want to be on Twitter uh, or PSN or just about any stuff game playing platform at infinite underscore rewind uh it's also my instagram handle i also host uh or co-host a few other shows one is called story route zero where, where me and three friends talk about video games another is called trivial merit where myself and my friend caroline talk about music in the form of making eight song playlists of an artist or genre to make us and hopefully you feel better uh another is called free reeling it where my friend jesse and i talk about films very similarly to how we talk about films here uh we watch a movie and then talk about it as well as briefly mention what else we might have watched um the most recent episode there is on akira kurosawa's high and low and that is a wonderful film you should watch and then listen to us talk about um and then i have actually i actually have an update to my 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 repertoire of podcasts because I have been invited to be a play a part in what is called the Bald Gun Guy podcast. That is where uh, the premise of the show is they are going through the modern Hitman trilogy one level at a time uh, nice. every month. We just released um, the second level of or the second proper level of hitman 2 which is santa fortuna uh that's my debut uh, and i plan on sticking around as long as they will have me uh until we until we are done with hitman 3 um cory knows that hitman is one is some of my favorite shit in mm -hmm. modern gaming 
and uh, and I do like talking about it, gushing about it, and being a little critical of it. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Find me there. Bald Gun Guy, Story Route Zero, Free Reeling It, and Trivial Merit. Nice. Uh, Story, where can we find you? Uh, I am the host of the EXP cast. We're a video game podcast within the Boss Rush Network. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EXP cast. And then also my personal Twitter and Instagram is uh, Stoy, M-K-E-8. We just did, uh, we just recorded like three episodes today because we saw the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie this weekend. So we did like a spoiler cast of it that's going up for Patreon, our Patreon members this week. And then uh, we also did kind of like a uh, like a video game celebration of all the good and bad Sonic games, um, you know, because uh, Sonic has had a lot of ups and downs, a lot it's of ups. Very and downs. true. So we definitely, uh, definitely a lot of downs. Yes, yes, we we definitely <laughs> acknowledge that they peaked very early and they dipped very early as well too. So um, and they kind of got us back with Sonic Mania, where it was like. You know, okay, all right, we're we're kind of going on the right track, and we're cautiously optimistic for Sonic Frontiers, whatever that's mm-hmm. going to shape up to be. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, we will definitely see what happens to that. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush Podcast uh, every Friday on your podcast service of choice. You can also find me on Nintendo Power Block, Power Block Expansion Pass and other episodes of Standard Definition. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to Standard Definition. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating. Really appreciate it. Uh, We will see you next time on this regularly scheduled program. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye!